Cootsies. Ladies and gentlemen, presenting the Godfather himself. What's his, what's your dad's middle name? Patricio. So Patrick. Yep. All of is that what it would be like? Any yeah, in, it would uh, just be Diego Patrick Gavelanes. Is Diego <laughs> is Diego essentially just Doug? <laughs> it's dent. No, it's not Doug. It's Diego. But is, it, is the equivalent in English Doug? I don't think so. I think it's just <laughs> Doug Patrick Avalonis, everybody. Is it? Hi, Tony. Yeah, Hello, Nico. Happy birthday. <laughs> I uh, don't know how to play the instrument very well. I'm learning it just for you. I hope you get to see your bank account. Take a look. It'll be a nice little surprise. <laughs> Did it stop? Did you stop it? Leo <laughs> surprise. <laughs> Why'd you stop it? Because it's a perfect point to okay. stop it. Go back and rewind it, and then just it's a nice little surprise. Little surprise. <laughs> Count. Take a look. It'll be a nice little surprise. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, Doug Patrick Gavilanis, <laughs> Doug, everybody. Doug Patrick Gavilanis. I need to actually check the facts on that. Definitely it's not, dude. James, actually. Is it really? Really? Yeah. So wow. I'll say, depending on which theory you believe. I think I may have known like, that. Which is James or Jacob or Jake. Well, Gavilan is hawk. So Gavilanes is hawk. Several hawks. It's hawks, it's plural. <laughs> several hawks. Yeah, like, James, several hawks. Yeah. Like, like, James hawk. Patrick, several hawks. Gavilanis is just hawking lugs, dude. Wow. Hawk. Yeah, our names, lugs. all of our names, uh, my brother's names and I, are uh, pretty lame when they're just Americanized. But in Espanol, they sound gracious. Well, like I'm Julian Paul Gavilanes. But Julian out Paul. here, I'm and then what is Julian Antonio? Paul Gavilanes. Gabriel? <laughs> Gabriel uh, and. Ge- Gabriel, uh, Andres, Gavilanes, and Tony's is... And his uh, middle name is what, like, the English version is Andrew? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And Gabriel, or, and Tony's is, as well as my dad's Patrick, but Patricio. Antonio Patricio Gavilanes. Gosh. Yeah, those are ways Sturdy, dude. Yeah. We should have all grown up to be Zorro. <laughs> 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 A little present. What would Alan's be? Do you know your uh, uh, Alejandro Stone Pebbles Pebbles Esteban Jaime Libe Dude Needless dude That's nice Esteban Jaime I have a cousin named Esteban I guess I didn't know that was Steve Yeah Wow That's a good one man I love my cousin Estebs 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 
Uh, <laughs> El equivalente al Allen. Trans, uh, yeah, it's not really giving me any. No, dude, it's, it's the most American. The, it's the whitest name you could possibly have. Seriously, Alan is Alan, a chemical yeah. engineer from <laughs> Seriously, Do you, can you think of any characters that have been in movies that have been Alans that have been cool? Uh, Alan, I mean, Alan Arkin is an actor who's the boss. But uh, other than that, can't. I mean, Tim. No, Tim Allen was Tim Allen. Can't, dude. Alan's in movies. <laughs> <laughs> Characters named Alan. Famous Allens. <laughs> Characters. Yeah, the only one I can think of named Alan is uh, is Zach Galifianakis's character in Hangover. Hangover. His name was Alan. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. right. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's a. Uh, I mean, it's a sturdy name. You put stone on the end of it, and it's uh, really brings it home. Because it could be like Alan Gump. Look at, look at, let's give it a big old, <laughs> this is the first one on the list. Al the Toy Collector. Al the Toy Collector. <clears throat> Dude, Alan Yaya McLennan. Al Harper. What was it? But his, Oh yeah. they yeah, never yeah. pronounced his first, they never said his first no, name in yeah, the yeah. Sandlot. They just said, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, they, they, they just, they, um. Look, Al Borland, mm, another Borland. one. Do you, yeah, well, Al Capone, dude, Al Capone, Al Capone. But all the cool yeah, owls never Al went Alfonso. by. They're all they changed it to Al, like Al Green. I still got to do, dude. I got to change my name to Al, then I'll really get the chicks. You start getting the paychecks, dude. Mm. Chicks and the checks. Al Capone, Al Borland, uh, Al Borland, Al Castone. Real. Um, <laughs> oh, look, we got more, dude. <laughs> Alan Parrish, dude. That was my favorite one from Jumanji. Oh, dude, you're totally right, Steve. I know. Yesterday we were. <laughs> he doesn't even know what. He's but this about. is the guy. This is the we, uh, the we, an episode that we had recently. We were talking about how Cheddar Bob was in uh, Boardwalk Empire. Oh, that's but the guy. He's not. You, this yeah, is the actor. That's him. Yeah, yeah. I mixed him up. But what else is what else is he in? He's in. Uh, oh, he's in. Um, oh, uh, you look like a boxer. You know that song? Uh, uh, Snatch. Yeah, he's in Snatch. Snatch. Yeah, he's in Snatch. Yeah. Wow, there's a lot of Allens, dude. Alan Grant, dude, from oh, Jurassic dude, Park. Oh, dude, Alan Ferengen. There's the Deadwood guy. That's uh, yeah, yeah. McShane. That's like my favorite actor. No, There's no Allens that are like, look at Alan Bur- Bur- Burroughs. That's the closest you are, for sure. <laughs> that's that's You know who that's you look comp. like, Al, right now, actually? You look like Bill, uh, what's his fucking name? Cosby? William Con... <laughs> Bill, no. <laughs> Billy Connolly from, uh, uh, you know the actor Billy Connolly? You look like him right now from Boondock Saints. Mm, no, um, young Billy Connolly from Boondock Saints. Billy, Connolly. he the guy that says, "Oh man, you don't need a million bucks to do nothing, man. You take a look at my cousin; he's broke. Don't do no, shit." He's the father. <laughs> he does look like him. <laughs> look him from the movie, though. Billy, no, no, from the movie. Just look up uh, Billy Connolly from Boondock Saints. Billy, it's Connolly like your hat in your your fucking trench coat right now. <laughs> Thanks, man. I. Uh, <laughs> I worked really hard on this outfit this morning. He looks like he looks like the Lord, <laughs> Lord Savior. Oh yes, my! I've been thinking about the goat. I've been thinking about this groove right here. Have you? Yeah, just the the soul patch, the little just like the, the long, run, the long runway. Would strip. you do a long and twisty, or would you just keep it stirred? <clears throat> would you just keep it like replenishing downward? You mean like yeah? It, it, there's a there's a length that just it becomes real bad. Uh, for the for the soul patch. Well, not if you just commit and go hard. 
just get it like grow it out at least oh, six yeah. inches yeah totally if you if you're watching this on youtube you'll know that's me right there <laughs> exactly <laughs> <laughs> I just need a stogie. <clears throat> yeah, that's I need nice a cigar. Oh, y'all fucking bastards! <laughs> is that kind of is that a good impression, Steve? Dude, you nailed it. Oh, y'all fucking bastards! <laughs> I'll fucking lay lead in your bodies and piss on your mother. <laughs> nice, pretty good. Pretty that, good, dude. That's my uh, yeah. Scottish or Irish? Um, Irish. Oh, I fucking spit on the ground. Your daddy was buried in your pissant motherfuckers. <laughs> yeah, Irish. Nice, dude. nice, dude. You're 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 cast. If you, it's pretty much impossible for me to do an Irish accent and not swear. Mm-hmm. It seemed like you couldn't help but move your body while you were doing it too. I my neck kind of moves like a <laughs> little like I'm got you know Lou Gehrig's disease or something. <laughs> yeah. I uh, I um don't think you can actually in order to you know how we have like citizenship tests in america right you like go you in order to become a legit citizen you have to take like a gnarly test that no actual american citizen could pass yep i've heard actually this is truth in ireland it's just a you just have to utilize profanities in the right proper way huh Signed, sealed, delivered. Come on. Oh, no I'm chance. fucking in then. Yeah, yeah and fuck it. And then just, drink, then just drink a half gallon of Guinness. Dude, that's awesome. In one well, gulp. We know Julian's in then. Cool. Oh, yeah, dude. He's Remember that? It. Seriously, yeah. Jeremiah Paul Donis can drink like <laughs> 900 <laughs> in a night. <laughs> Jeremiah Paul Donis. Yeah, wasn't it? Who, who, who looked it up that... The Guinness only has like three percent. I knew that. I told you guys, and yeah. you guys like no chance. I didn't. I absolutely not. That's think like one. That was that's possible. like one of the things I learned as a bartender. One of one of like the two things I learned when what I was. What were the bartender. top three things you learned as a bartender? Um, get hammered, drunk, while bartending. <laughs> for like the first ten years, that was uh, my 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 go to for sure. How many bars have you been fired from? I mean, I think all of them. <laughs> <laughs> a lot uh let's i mean i tell, tell I, me about I, the tequila bar you were working at oh my god dude I worked, at this, I worked at this no that was not even the tequila bar the tequila bar was honestly like the coolest the coolest send-off of a firing i'd ever had the the uh the christmas party was another one dude they're all super bad but this one time i was working at this tequila bar called dos caminos it was like right in midtown and uh I had just gone through a breakup and I was feeling all messed up and crazy and I was getting super drunk and I was like probably on my way out from this bar as it was, uh, but I had been there for a couple of years and so I had like woken up with some girl in like Brooklyn and I had to work this after the following afternoon super hungover was just like oh my god dude i can't even see straight and she was like hey like there's this really cool place down the, the block for me that does unlimited mimosas it's like you know saturday so let's go drink and i was just like oh my god that's the only thing that's gonna save my life right unlimited. now unlimited yeah they do a lot seems, of those like like bottomless mimosas and seems wild in in new york <laughs> it's it is wild especially when you're drinking like I was back then. Uh, so we, we go to this place, we start drinking mimosas. One thing leads to another. It's like, I'm got to work at like four. It's like three 43 and I got to be in Manhattan in like 17 minutes. I'm like, Oh fuck, I got to go. I'm, and I'm now I'm like 13 to 26 mimosas deep, just <laughs> hammered drunk all over again. Mm. Show up to this bar job. I'm like 
nearly blacked out, go in, don't even punch in, just get behind the bar, rip off the sleeves of my shirt, take somebody's glasses off their face and start standing up on the bar, grabbing like top shelf tequilas and just like drop, like putting it in people's mouths, like open up your mouth. Let's go. Let's go. This is like a family friendly establishment. It's like an Azteca. Like, yeah, yeah. Like, like it's like an olive. Yeah. Like an, yeah, truly like an Azteca. He's just a Taco Bell. Dude, I, I I got down and I, 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 I jumped down off the bar after like, just I, I I lined up like 25 shots on the bar and was just I was standing up and skipping and just pouring tequila on the bar top not making it in any of the shot glasses and I jumped down off the bar and I kissed this woman that's opposite the bar and her husband like yanks me and he's just like what the fuck are you doing dude and I was just like quick thinking JP Paul Donis over here was just like dude it's fine, man. Let me kiss you too. I had to convince him that I was just like this gay boy who was just like non-threatening. He was like, get the fuck out. Get the fuck away from me. And like pushed me off and shoved me all over the place. And finally, dude, I, I was working for like three hours before my managers called me downstairs. I like all my, all the employees that I was working with were like, Julian, like seriously stop, man. Like you're making me laugh really hard right now, but they're going to fire you. Like you're, you're in trouble. You're done. You're done. I, was, I don't need I don't this care. job. I, need I got 15 bucks in my bank account. It's going to be fine. And uh, <laughs> I just got a commercial with IMs. Yeah. And uh, so my managers call me downstairs. And again, dude, like I'm so hammered. I'm just, I go down there and they're like, Julian, because um, they really like me too. Like they're, I was like close with all those guys and. Have you been drinking? <laughs> I just started laughing like you are right now. Are you fucking kidding me? And they're like, well, look, we just have, we, we have to ask because now it's on record that we like, cause we got to fire you, dude. We got to fire you. And I was just like, man, that's fine, dude. I fucking love you guys. Can I still go back up there and have some more beverages if I want to though? Like, no dude, get the fuck out of here now. Oh my god, dude! Oh my god. It was so awful. But yeah, then another like Christmas party where I like there was like twenty five. This is a different. Like, th that was a Christmas party. No, that was just a standard. Just Saturday a regular night. day. Yeah. Yikes! But then the other spot was where we, that you were ref referring to was the Christmas party. I was doing like a private party for like twenty five Asian men. I don't, I don't know why or what it was, but I proceeded to get hammered drunk for this party too. And it was in this like private room. And before I knew it, I was like in the corner, like next to the couch, like the sofas with my shirt off, like thrown around my head. Yeah. It's like these like, this all like tech dudes just yeah. hanging out in this room. And it's not even like a ra raucous party by any means. Right. And I'm just getting fucking nuts. And the next thing I know, I'm being like carried down the stairs by the owner and the like two bouncers. My girlfriend at the time had to like, get called and like get Ugh. like have one of the bouncers take me home it was dude it was such a mess i showed up to work the next day and i was just like hey i, was, You're I, good, right? I had a shift so i was just like hey what's up here i am he's just like bro you're fired bro yeah and i was just like what are you talking about it's <laughs> like I remember what you did last night. It's like no, of course I don't remember. So but it came. Didn't like, don't fire me, dude. You did remember? No, I didn't remember. I mean, I I, I just they, they told I, you like you got carried down. Well, the you know, staircase. I mean, I don't know how many times you guys have blacked out in your lives. I've un you know unfortunately had it happen a lot of times. But 
you know, you wake up the next morning, you're like, oh, God, what did I do? Like, I hope I didn't do anything too stupid. So you continue living life as like, you're not going to be like, I must have done something stupid last night, didn't I? Didn't I? You're not like, I, I knew well enough not to like ask those questions. So I just was like, I was on the schedule that next day. So I showed up mm. and, you know, still just feeling awful. And <laughs> yeah, sure enough, my, the manager was like, dude, get out. Yeah. Like you're not welcome here anymore. And it wasn't even like a, Hey dude, like we fired you last night. It was like, dude, don't, don't be here. You're not allowed to be in this vicinity right now. Please turn around. <laughs> so old, awful, dude. Old Jeremiah Paul Donis. How many had, of those spots are still open? You reckon? Um, that spot is still open. Still uh, they're open. all, st- uh, actually, actually, I think both of them are closed. The Dos Caminos is closed, but that's like a giant corporate Mexican spot that mm. they have like multiple ones in the city. But I've had like 15 bartending jobs in New York alone. I, ha- I went to a Mexican restaurant when I was a youngster. Uh, I won't name the name of their Mexican restaurant. <clears throat> I mean, they closed a long time ago, but there was a family owned business. They're really great. Awesome food. And uh, they would always bring out, you know, traditional salsa chips. And then this like, beautiful like it was like a coleslaw kind <laughs> of about a person beautiful oh no it was, like a, it was like a coleslaw thing you know it's like cabbage and cilantro and some i don't know oil and vinegar mm-hmm. so good and we start chomping away on it just rifling away and my dad gets one up to his like this far away and goes oh and there's a piece of chewed gum Ugh. Like same color, it's like mint green, you know, like coleslaw is like kind of that green color. <laughs> he almost had it in his mouth, dude. <laughs> Yikes. And I don't know about you guys, but literally my, like, it's not even a pet. What's a, uh, like a phobia, right? When you're just like, you, you're kind of irrationally afraid yeah. of something. Chewed gum is that for me. Really? Yeah. Like chewed gum on the edge of somebody's plate. And I oh, like if I did it too, like yeah. if I really, yeah, I hate it. Whoa. And, uh, <clears throat> my sweet dad is just like, um, excuse me, Carlos, or I forget the owner's name. And my mom had delivered their children, <laughs> like helped deliver their children. So every time we came in, they go, Oh, give you the, give you the family give us discount. the discounts, you know, <laughs> he was, Oh, I felt so bad. That's the hardest thing kind of for me ever. I've worked in a restaurant before and so I know how hard that work is and I've also screwed up a billion times in life. <laughs> you've worked in, you've worked in restaurants before? Well, yeah. Well, yeah. You were? <laughs> I have. When? <laughs> when? That's a bus boy. That was I, a bus boy. <laughs> I also worked at a burrito shop. I got you a job as a bus boy at a place I was bartending at. Yeah. Some of the hardest work I've ever had in my life. Oh my God. Really? Super hard. Really? Yeah, just being on your feet for like 10 hours a day is not easy. Um, yeah. But whenever something goes wrong, oh God, uh, at a restaurant, I am like, I'm really nervous about saying anything. Yeah. Because I know how, like if I don't like a meal, you know, like if I don't like something, uh, I'm not the kind of guy who's just like, hey, heads up, like this is really not good. I don't yeah. know what happened here. I have such a difficult time doing that. Do you, do you guys... Uh. Do you guys find yourself struggling to? Uh, yeah. I mean, uh, if it's something really bad, then it's like, hey. Like, I what's just, that level for you? What's that? 
breaking like, point. I think I don't think it's necessarily about like what some sleeveless, some is sleeveless Ecuadorian like, go, jumping around the bar <laughs> kissing your wife. I would honestly be like, they, they, that was the problem is that they were like people. Half the room was applauding, and the other half was like walking out. Right. So you know, I'm that's like, typically the review of me, Jeremiah Paul Donis, <laughs> yeah. when he said too many. Yeah. <laughs> it's like half the room thinks he's the greatest. And, I, and man all alive. I'm seeing are the people that are like standing up and applauding <laughs> me. <laughs> yes, dude. I'm, people love me right now. You know how like when you like, like your drunk jar for like the, the oh god this is gonna sound super chauvinistic but you know when you have too many drinks and like every girl just looks great uh-huh so that's what happens with julie when he gets drunk because oh, yeah. like everybody's his friend so dude his let me tell are. you i've told you guys before man <laughs> everybody's have, so stoked oh, on yeah. me right now i've definitely had those beer goggles many times dude woke up in faraway places next morning just like mm. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, it's terrifying. It's, uh, yeah. <laughs> For what's them. that breaking? What's that breaking point? Like, what have you ever been in a situation where you like pulled the waiter aside and you're like, "Hey, dude, I'd like, I hate doing this. This is not, this is not my mo, and I never do this, but I just like, I gotta let you know mm-hmm. that like this sopapilla tastes like sopa poopo. This is sopa toscana. <laughs> Anything? Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm sure it's happened. I mean, I've had awful service before, but I, I just, I think it typically comes down to like the approach for me for like, how am I going to even approach this? And is it worth it? Like what's, what are they going to do if I do say something? Um, cause you know, typically they're, the response is all oh, comp your meal or something like that. And I'm not, tr- that's not what I'm hoping for. It's just right. like, what are you really hoping yeah, for exactly. to get out of it? No, I mean, yeah, the other thing too is like, what am I hoping to get out of this? Cause man, the restaurant industry is just barely scraping by when they're at a hundred percent capacity. Yeah. If I, I don't I want you to comp my meal. Okay. Cause I want you to stay open. I want you to be able to get better. I just want you to know without me having to post it on the internet and having it live there in infamy yeah. that like you guys suck. This yeah. is like really bad. I mean, and I, I like as, as a, a human being, <clears throat> um, I would appreciate a review like that if it were necessary, mm-hmm. like not this, Hey, I want to hurt your feelings. Let me leave a review. Cause a lot of people just do that. A lot of people just are having a shit day. They want to take it out on somebody else. Mm-hmm. But if somebody genuinely had like a crap time, it happens to me quite a, happened to me with the Valentine's day bake one with that like VIP experience. And, uh, I messaged the person back and I was like, thank you. Like actually for that review, but can, how do, how do we do it better? And she's like, well, you just swore a lot. And I was like, Lady, oh, that's not a good, like, come on. That's not a good, that's just our, that's our humor. Like we, we just, if you didn't know that I was around a bunch of foul mouthed, uh, I mean, I guess that's a good thing that if you got told that it was like that we were just swearing and that was the problem. It's just like, oh, cool. Well, then if she had something more uh, uh, to make sense of what was bad for her, then it would have that kind of would have affected you a little bit more and been like, oh, yeah, like you if know, it was a legitimate thing, like, yeah, you used this, you used the word caveat too many times and I don't think it means what you think it does. <laughs> then I would have been like, OK, yeah, let me go check on that real quick. Yeah. But it was just that we said like poop and dick. Yeah. And I mean, no, I, I think overall I I'm not I don't get up and uh, address people. I, I, I have a feeling you could, Steve, you're probably you seem to be a pretty assertive dude. I bet you've. You, you don't mind confrontation in a good, nice way. Yeah, I mean, constructively, but uh, the times I can think of restaurant-wise, if the food was bad, I probably wouldn't approach it aggressively. But I've had a couple of meals where 
One was a pizza that had a screw in it. <laughs> and another one Did you was put it in your mouth to find it? No, my sister bit it. Oh, so I, fucking, I lost it, you know. You lost it? I mean, you know, I, yeah. <laughs> I hit the table and yelled. You know? Wow, so I wish I was bit it. the screw, you know. Ooh. Was it what was it like and a that, was it like a bolt or like a screw with like a pointy end? <laughs> Let's like, talk about it, this. It was, it was, was a, it a washer. Screw. It was a thick screw like it came out of an appliance yeah wow and my sister bit it you know so and, the, and then the guy was the manager came over and was just a total dick about it and it was like dude okay well i'm not gonna <laughs> knock your fucking teeth out in front of all of these patrons but damn dude you're awful you could have called brinkler brinkler and cohen and got a law settlement dude how in that moment can are you capable of being a dick like what did the manager say what, what I, basically uh, it was like you put it in the pizza Oh my god! Yeah, pretty much, totally. I was like, because I, I was like mad, and he came over and was like, "Dude, my sister straight up just bit, bit a screw in this pizza, and we're like celebrating her college graduation or something, and it was a nice place." And the guy was just like, "Oh well, maybe you put it in there because we didn't want to float the bill for a large pizza and a pitcher of beer." Jeez. You know what I mean? And it was like, "All right, bro." What? So my mom kind of had to walk me out. What a what a dumb um, thing to say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then another one was uh, we were at another fancy place, and there was actual glass in a friend's drink because oh. the glass that they poured and brought to the table was chipped. Right, yeah. So there was a bunch of glass in it, and she took a sip and then freaked out because she's like, I think I just chewed glass. And it was like, we don't mm. know if she swallowed it or not. Oh. And, you know, and that was a different case because we were more like worried in the restaurant. I was like, should we call an ambulance? And that was different. Yikes. But like, again, going back to like, if there's f the food is bad, I wouldn't be upset about it. Like they had a bad meal. Something went wrong. They didn't salt it. It is what it is. Oh dude, that was the worst. That was the worst thing. About negligence is different than like, right. Not salting. Yeah. The cup, <clears throat> the, the glass cup thing is a screw is like crazy. Yeah. 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 But, uh, breaking the man, I, I had one such the tough part is like I said I've worked in restaurants and I've missed I've done things that were like you know I'm like four or five hours into a shift I'm exhausted I'm like barely getting paid minimum wage I I remember one time I like was making a lady a burrito and I dropped a tortilla on the ground in front of her like just dropped it on the ground picked it back up <laughs> and started using it again yeah. she's like excuse me <laughs> Dude. I was like, oh God, I'm so sorry. <laughs> oh yeah. But I, I mean, I've just, I'm, I've been an airhead before. And so it's always really difficult for me to say anything also because I just hate confrontation too. I'm just a kind of a puss when it comes to that. But, um, it's interesting. Well, I fully believe people shouldn't be allowed to eat at restaurants unless they've worked for yeah. at least two weeks in the service industry because people can be fucking cunts. Yeah, yeah totally. Yeah, I, agree. I, <laughs> I, was, I worked at a, a restaurant once before I moved to New York, and uh, I wasn't a bartender or a server. I was like just a, a runner or like a busser. I, I don't know, but I went back to the kitchen one night after I was closing down. They made like a family meal, and one of my friends was a cook there, and he was pulling out one of those gigantic Tupperwares, and it was filled with like diced tomatoes. So like a wet, like they're wet, right? They're kind of soggy, and he dro dropped the whole thing down on the ground, mm. and then literally with his hand like swiped it back 
into this Tupperware thing. Oh. Did, like, did, it, did it break? Did the glass break? No, it wasn't glass. It was like a plastic Tupperware. So like the, oh, tup- the like Tupperware sh- like just went upside down and then hand. he just like scooped it off the floor back into oh. it. And all of that was like for the next day is like food. Basically. Salsa? <laughs> yeah, it was called. It was a Boston's pizza, so I was probably putting on like pizzas or pastas or something. It was just like the tomatoes. It was like a big, big, probably like you know, fifteen gallon thing of tomatoes. I am, I am always kind of like a little bit curious about how many things we oh eat God, that dude. we are completely unaware that we eat that are just the like if we knew we were eating them, we wouldn't eat for a week. Well, your chances are much more. Uh, enhanced when you're going to low grade restaurants, but you're going to well, higher grade. Right. Like but that. like, think about this. Okay. So, uh, this past, I was, I was thinking about this today because I, I uh, feel, I don't know why I feel nervous about saying this, but I took a COVID test today mm-hmm. and I was negative, but like in that thing, I, I go, okay, well, this is, it's gone through enough channels. Luckily, I live in a country where there's like enough regulation set up to where when I get a negative result on that test, I can trust it. Like I trust it to a specific degree. Yeah. Right. But if you think about how many things you have to trust in your life just to like get through a day, it is unfathomable. Yeah. Like how many different foods we get from s- different places get from different um uh, sanctioned organizations that say eh, it's okay to eat right like i'm not a surprise that people don't go in off their rocker thinking about like all of the like okay i'm gonna go get fresh vegetables from the store i'm just gonna trust that fred meyer has like some sort of protocol even though they barely pay their employees minimum wage mm-hmm. like do you guys think about that at all? Or am I just like, I mean, I, just, I don't, I, I've just seen it with my bare eyes that like it hasn't been, you know, things haven't been as sanitary or as compliant to the policies that be right. as they should be. Well, there's just, in my no, own there's experience. just no possible way to, <clears throat> unless you're making everything on your own and growing everything on your own and like personally, um, checking, all of it there's just no way to like right really know i mean it's disgusting too and like it sounds even more disgusting now because of covid but i like i remember when i worked that same mexican restaurant i was super busy all the time and get tickets and tickets and tickets to have nightmares of tickets printing and uh you know we'd like run out of glassware and so you just like get a, a dirty glass and like put it like like oh my it was God. a mexican restaurant so you'd literally just like take your fingers and like get oh. the salt off the rims oh and then God. like put it under like running water just like for like a second and then like do it to the next one and like make drinks with it like it had it didn't get cleaned you just reused a dirty glass yeah um yeah it was awful man like and i've i've partaken in that type of shit myself before and it's not because I'm like maliciously trying to right. like do this thing. It's just like, uh, just trying to like keep service in check and not yeah. fall behind. And it's awful, but it's just like, what mama don't know won't hurt her type of thing. Yeah. And, what mama do? <laughs> I, I really hope that you were saying that too while you grabbed the glass. Like it was <laughs> yeah. just this like creepy little the rock eye look. <clears throat> and then you somehow turned into Billy Bob Thornton. Yeah. What mama don't know don't hurt her. That's a, <laughs> Squeege. Yeah. 
man yeah we all yeah, but you just have that like camaraderie with your bar staff sometimes if there's or whatever staff you're working with god i worked with so many people and so, for so long and i would always be like best friends with the people that i was working with and then it, it's just like being an actor and going on set you're like oh, we're gonna be best friends for the rest so of our this lives is funny because uh have you ever been drunk on set because i've no, ever never, since i've never. known you you've pretty much gotten hammered at every bartending job you've ever worked <laughs> well at. I, I was a sober bartender and, for like three years well yeah since you like got a handle on your drinking yeah. you haven't done it but like there was a good 10 years there where oh, just yeah. every uh, couple weeks you'd call me and be like bro this happened i got fired it was yeah. always such a and it was just such a like drag a to get fired just a, such a spectacle <laughs> have you you've uh, never you've never had a situation like that at a at a movie set or a movie party or a christmas party for a movie oh for sure movie party yeah but that's okay right like is that I mean, okay I, in the industry i woke up i woke up at uh university hospital after the 21 and over rap party. oh my god nick had to pick me, me up that. that's terrible. i woke up just i was like party 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 boom beep beep just on a drip beep and i woke up and there was an iv in my arm and i'm like did they have the a tube did they have a tube in your wiener in my wiener yeah yeah it was right in my wiener <laughs> hole <laughs> And I was like, what the fuck happened to me? And the doctor comes in and he's just kind of like smirking at me. Yeah. He's just like, bro, you got fucked up. (laughs) I was like, that's it. I was like checking my nuts, like seeing if like things had happened to me. Tell, tell, uh, tell the folks at home the full story because it, yeah, you got totally like blacked out drunk. Uh, but you try to take a taxi home, right? Isn't that mm-hmm. the story? In a taxi, if yeah. they don't know where you're going, they have to take you to the hospital, like legally bound to take you to the hospital, right? Uh-huh, yeah. yeah. Well, first and foremost, like from the question earlier, like uh, no, I've never gotten drunk on set, but I've all, and, and all, honestly, like starting to act and finding like auditions and getting opportunities to act was like my saving grace from not having me drink. It was like the only reason why I wouldn't drink because I had an audition the next day or I was going on to set or I was going to go do something. That was the only place I ever felt like I needed to really actually be professional and not show up like an asshole. But because you like really wanted it because I wanted it so bad. Yeah. Yeah. And then, uh, yeah, uh, this particular instance was like one of the first movies I had ever done. Um, it was like a big movie that came to Seattle and I got to be a part of it. And of course, like as the movie ended, we had a rap party out at like this nice place out in Seattle. And yeah, I was just getting super drunk. Like it's all, I, I remember, uh, there miles teller and like Skylar Aston and Justin Chong. These are guys, it was part of this movie called 21 and over. They were all there. And I was like the directors and all these guys were, were, were partying and I was going up and I was like buying people drinks. And I was like, Miles, Miles, dude, like, let me buy you some drinks, dude. I'm going to buy, you want a pitcher? We're playing beer pong. I'll buy you some beer. He's like, bro, it's an, it's like a open tab. It's an open bar. <laughs> I was just like, nah, it's fine, dude. I got you. I was in a movie. He's like, I know. I was in it too. And you were a movie with a tiny you. part, you d- dumbass. What was the name of your character in that movie? Dude, stoner, stoner number, number one, dude. Yeah. Yes, dude. Let's see if we can't get a stoner number um, one pick. Uh... Yeah, so like I got super, super drunk. Oh, is this you? Yeah. Oh, this, yeah. You're off to the right here. Um, this I got. Great. I got. Yes, a, here's Jeremiah Paul Donis <laughs> in his second debut. <laughs> I got. I'm so glad. <laughs> I got so drunk at the rap party uh, that I like. I was with a girl. Um, I remember my my friend. Shout out Hope. Uh, shout out to Hope. I was with my friend Hope and. Uh, she was like a PA on the movie and I think she was like, we were 
probably going home together. And I was just like, come on, hop in the cab. And she like probably wasn't ready, hadn't grabbed her jacket or something. And I just bounced, got in the car and uh, got in this cab. And then he was probably just like, what's your address? And I was like, what? Wouldn't that be hilarious, though, if like it just cut to the next scene and Julian gets dropped off in front of a street sign that says, it's just spelled out. <laughs> yeah, perfect. Like he Thank gets you. it. Oh my god, I can just see it. Right, like he Down gets in into the fife. car. The guy's like, "Where are you going, sir?" He's like, <laughs> "Cuts right, like fast cut, jump cut." He gets out of the taxi, just right in front of the street. <laughs> oh, perfect. Um, <laughs> I, uh, I, I, I also once the movie came out, like a year and a half later, went to the went to the proper uh, premiere party in, in LA and uh, and got belligerent again and woke up at Miles house and they had drawn on me the same way that I had drawn on the Justin Chan character in the movie. So I had, like douche bar written on my forehead and like I was I had like a, 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 a teddy bear like attempted to be glued onto my nuts. It was awful man. Uh, but I deserved it. And then Steve, I saw you that Miles, same day, man. Yeah, Miles Teller really had you your back. Yeah, no, he didn't have my back at all. <laughs> yeah, we were at a nice restaurant, in LA, and Julian's just like Kate. Yeah, <laughs> Sharpie. <laughs> it wasn't. Uh, <laughs> yeah, Miles. Miles didn't have anything to do with it. Miles' friends were the guys that did it. To sure, me. sure, sure. Nah, Miles is a good guy. He's a sweetheart. How do you? How would you know? Because <laughs> he... I've spent time with him since that and other experiences outside of that. He didn't. I mean, I do. I wouldn't know, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> totally instigated. Yeah, he totally instigated. Uh, that's Son of a bitch. Some bitch. Some uh, bitch. Yeah, that was fun. But no, acting uh, and auditions and and working on set has always kept me. Um, I mean, honestly, dude, like the reason for my sobriety was for the purpose of like, if I'm going to do this and I want to level up and I want to like be the per the person that I say I want to be in this world, then like I. I need to remove all the things that are hindering me from doing that thing. And the first thing that was hindering me was alcohol. Mm. And it was interesting too, because you know, I'm sure you guys have said it to yourselves a bunch of times where you say, um, I just like, I need to, I need to be doing more of this. I need to be doing more and more and more of this to like get to where you're trying to get to. But for me, I, I uh, started thinking oppositely and was like, what can I be doing less of? Cause there's so many things that we forget to like, actually do less of in our lives right like gonna... we we only have a finite amount of time and how much of my time is eaten up by something that i don't need yeah yeah i've been thinking about that with mo like tv and movies recently uh-huh you think you do it too much well i don't think i do it too much but i just think that like it's not serving a grandiose purpose in my life like sitting down every night and watching three hours worth of whatever mm -hmm. is not ultimately serving the purpose that i want to experience when I'm 50, right? Did you like, have this thought after we watched Hamilton? <laughs> yeah. Is that when you came to the revelation that you wasted three hours of your life? <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, I didn't waste. It's not, it's not, that's the bugger about it. It's like, it's not a waste. At this point in my life, I don't waste any time. Mm -hmm. Like, I, I really don't. I think probably the only time I'm, you could maybe on a uh, gavel, uh, what's the term, a gavel and pose? I don't know, anyways. Uh, 
I sit on the toilet and like scroll through. That's when I get my social media. And I'm mm-hmm. like, other than that, not on social media. So like in the morning when I'm, you know, fixing to fix and to blow. <laughs> 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 I grab my, no, fixing to burst a bubble out oh. the back end of my tail pocket. <laughs> I see. Crystal in the porcelain throne. Yeah. Mm, I, um, that's nice. I sit on the phone and I, and I'm definitely on the toilet longer than I need to be because I'm like looking at emails, uh, checking my checking the gram, yep. dude, checking the book, checking likes, popping onto Zillow, seeing if there's any more interesting <laughs> properties nearby that seeing I can't any, afford. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and so that was that's probably the. I mean, I'm I'm acting like I'm self righteous here, maybe sounding self righteous. I definitely waste time. I'm sure of it, but. In comparison to like when I was 26, you know, I don't do that. But as of recent, like TV, movies, television shows, but it's such a like, man, after a full day of, you know, you wake up at six with your kid, you got like a full day of work, you're cooking, you're putting the kid down. Like, God, my energy levels. I'm like, I can't, I don't want to do anything, but just like sit down, shut my brain off and veg on something. But in reality, my only legitimate free time is after my son goes to bed mm-hmm. and I utilize that free time to like accomplish nothing. Yeah. So I have been thinking about that lately. Yeah. I, I pulled my, I didn't uh, detail my scope of that as much as from recognizing that the thing that I could be doing less of was drinking because right. if I was, if I pulled that away, yeah. a lot of other things were going to sure. come into play from that was res- as a result of totally that thing. Totally. And it worked. It was like so revelatory for me. It was like, Oh my God, this changes everything for me, especially based on the, the behavior that I was exhibiting prior to making that decision. So, yeah, uh, but that's, a, I think it's a good thing to ask yourself sometimes. Like, what can I be doing less of? Cause it's just like, as a capitalistic culture of people who just like want to keep doing more and more and more and more and more to get more done, um, trying to figure out like, and you know, it's something that can fuck you up too. Is like, Oh, I'm, I'm going to be doing less so that I can do more. And that kind of became my attitude too. I was like, all right, I'm going to, I'm going to substitute drinking for like productivity. And now I'm going to fucking just like go, 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 go. And so when you say, you know, uh, like. I've been thinking about, you know, my intake of television stuff. First of all, it's like, it's, it's not a lot at all. And it's totally, um, like it's a, quite health, a, bit. a healthy dose. Is it? I don't know. I mean, yeah, I, don't I mean, know. like I, <clears throat> I was watching, not that I aspire to be Bill Gates, but I've watched several interviews where Bill Gates is like, yeah, I just had to give up TV. Mm-hmm. I had to give up TV. I mean, how do you accomplish all the things that you've done? You know, Bill Gates is a, a freak like he's a freak yeah. of human experience right like he he invented something when he was a teenager that changed the course of human history forever yeah and uh, i think in an interview somebody's asking like how do you get all this stuff done right like how does elon musk be a ceo of 19 different companies and put rockets in the in the solar system and totally and do interviews and think about like different engineering products pro- projects well I got, he doesn't have any more hours in the day than I do. Mm -hmm. Um, So obviously like he's incredibly talented. He has probably a leg up in the IQ than I do, but I guarantee he's not like rewatching office, the office. No, not at all. And I'm sure he just like 
actually doesn't have time to do that either, which it's it's like not necessarily even by choice. I mean, at Maybe. this point, he has time to do whatever he wants. He's the second richest man in America. Yeah, but that doesn't, I doubt that gives you more time to do whatever you want. He could literally, hey, like, of course, tap he could. Out. Like, so could you, if you like any of anybody tap could. Out. Absolutely not. Well, none of us in this could room could do tap anything out. they wanted to do. You can't. We, none of us could tap out and just like watch movies and just do jack sit for the rest of our life. Like we, none of us are in a financial position. I guess is what I'm saying. Like that right. we could just go. I, I guess my. You know, I just kind of want to make canoes. Right. I guess my argument is that like, yes. Although he's one of the richest men in the world, it doesn't mean like that he just is awarded now like the time and space to do anything he wants. Of course he could choose to do that, but that would I mean, probably be I, very ill-advised from yeah, his just, staffers. I'm sure, but he, who, he doesn't answer. Who does he answer to? He answers to himself. Me. Like <laughs> you, you get, you get to the point in your fifties where you have built what he has built and you have reserved the right to just tap out and do jack shit. Whereas like me, I have not reserved that right yet. I have, I don't have that like, I mean, I'm bet, capital I bet. game or, or resource resources to just be like, you know, I kind of just want to like write a book and like go sailing from the standards of a lot of other people who have done it for a lot less than what you have. I bet you could, you just have a different perception because of what you think you need to keep doing in order to yeah, and that, that might be maintain the, same, the lifestyle might be the have. same trap that people who work in that capacity fall into and sure I might fall into it but I think if you were to put it on paper for me to never like work a job again that yeah. makes me an income is impossible yeah yeah you I mean, know, got, maybe got, you could you know ditch your family go write a book in Guam and go, you know I, talk Guam, about your trials and tribulations and to uh, anyone you know. listening to this or watching it you are not wasting your time <laughs> yeah. hey shut up Steve <laughs> don't don't talk them off, dude. Don't talk them down. They're, they're like, not wasting all right, their, click. They, they, I mean, it's it's ultimately, I mean, that's kind of, we've talked about this recently. We live in a, in a, this, I've thought about this. I'm not saying this is fact. I sound like I talk in facts a lot, but it's just all mind exploration and like opinions. Really the hardest thing that faces human existence today is choice. Because we have every single choice. I mean, in America, excuse me, in America, for people who live on a relatively same parallel as all three of us, right? There's plenty of people existing at the same time who have different disparities, disparities, excuse me, um, that I can't comprehend. So I'm not, I'm just speaking from my own personal experience, but like my, the biggest obstacle in my life is choice. Like, Okay, I'm going to choose, even though I can do whatever the hell I want right now. Like I can, can, if I want to, I can wake up late. I can like drink myself into oblivion. I can eat whatever the hell, you know, like back in, you know, three, four, 500 years ago, if you didn't go chop wood, if you didn't go find a wildebeest, you died. Mm -hmm. Like the choice was black and white. It was binary. Nowadays, you don't die you like can exist pretty much on on just kind of existence really mm -hmm. and it's that ability that like that choice is i it's an interesting thing to think about i guess it's not um uh, yeah like it's it's interesting when when hazen Adele was in here and he was talking about cultures and societies that are that close to survival they don't deal with 
mental illness Mm -hmm. because they're so connected to like the present with the present is like day in and day out survival. We got to go get firewood. We got to go kill something to eat. We have to build a fire. And then at that point we're exhausted because (laughs) we've exerted all this energy. Like we have to, we have to like take time out of our day. We have to like make our own schedule to go and lift like inanimate heavy objects (laughs) so that we can like, supersede evolution pump enough weights to exist the way that evolution has like brought us to this point Mm -hmm. it's the weirdest thing ever i mean it's just the natural progression of what the evolution is i mean of course you can go back and be like yeah that's like what people have done and continue to still do in different cultures but like this is just where we've got imagine where 100 years will be no, of course. I'm not saying it's a, it's just an interesting thought experience, an interesting thought experiment that like our ancestors, right? Like we're what I would imagine a good amount of the cultures that Hazen visits and sees like they're that connected to life and death and survival. Yeah, I know it's awesome. And it was symbiotic, you know, whereas now we're like so disconnected from, from at least me personally i am so disconnected from life or death that like i have to schedule schedule out time to get on my bike and and get a sweat on whereas right this same person alan well 300 years ago i would have like i would be strapped to that survival and that would be my exercise and my way and means of survival well maybe on the opposite side of it you're actually just more connected to your circumstances of your life's existence so whereas like these other people they're connected to their circumstances so are you you're not disconnected you're not detached from like no i'm not not to my i'm not disconnected to schedule yourself for a 20 minute bike ride or whatever you're going to do isn't a result of being disconnected. It's being actually so connected to right. your circumstances that you're like, I gotta just get but, it in. But, sure, but being connected to your circumstances isn't necessarily connected to life or death. Mm-hmm. Well, I like mean, it's it's great. I mean, I had a situation in my life recently. We all have that somebody we knew passed away, mm-hmm. and it's shocking. It's like, what? Holy sh! And my heart is so heavy for that situation but that reality i'm so i'm i've i've found myself in a place of luck so frequently that hasn't had to deal with that reality which is mortality that when it comes about it's like it's unbelievably shocking thank god i'm thankful for that but it is interesting to think about that we live such a alan stone lives such a privileged existence that like I have to, I have to inhibit what I eat. That he can call himself Alan Stone. Well, I mean, it's interesting. Like, nope, I'm not going to have that brownie. I can't like, that's the actual exercise uh, that we are dealing with. That's the experience we're dealing with today is like, no, we have to constrict ourselves from the excess of the human experience. We have to constrict ourselves from being on our phone like six hours a day. We have to constrict ourselves from just sitting down at the desk and not exercising. We have like, that is so weird. That is so weird that we found ourselves in this much of a a privileged situation that like we have to, um, pencil in our, pencil in the, the pencil in struggle. Yeah. 
in order to like be connected to what the human experience was well, actually evolved to be connected to struggles i think just inherent in whatever it's gonna be happening you don't have to pencil it in it's gonna happen well physical not. physical struggle right like <clears throat> you gotta get your heart rate up you gotta like yeah you're talking about working out and exercising talking about working out or just getting up right yeah. like just just even if you're right we we have these wonderful desks from our friends at fully shout out to fully shout out um we realize that we owe you a bunch of videos fully so if you're <laughs> listening to this we got um, you we got you it is still in the docket in the schedule um but they've made these standing up desks right that like in the last five years i've seen them popping up all over the place every company seems to be having these stand-up desks well it's because we've evolved into a situation where like mass majorities of human beings who are working are working at a desk and we're like well you eight hours a day sitting down at a desk bad posture you better stand up mm-hmm. that's i mean those little fragments of the human experience and evolution always fascinate me yeah does it fascinate you let's <laughs> <laughs> just kill the vibe <laughs> <laughs> Killed it, dude. It's over. Sweet, dude. Well, crack me another one. Crack me another one. Hey, folks. Today, our episode is brought to you in part by our good friends at Ladder Coffee. Head to laddercoffee.com and you can order beans directly from the brewer, as well as some of this beautiful cold brew. Locally owned and operated out of Spokane, Washington. Check it out. Ladder Coffee. I'm jacked. Um, uh, going to Australia soon, man. I'm pretty stoked about that. Yeah, I'm. Uh, it's gonna be weird. We're all departing. departing. Steve's not departing. Steve, stay in put. I'm going to Puerto Rico. Oh yeah. I just decided. What's the What's the situation there? You gotta like quarantine when you get there. Do they have any laws? I don't know. It's wild going to a place like Oz. Like Australia's like. So you have to have a negative test in order to get on the flight. Mm-hmm. Then once you get into the country, you have to go quarant- take another test, go negative, quarantine for two weeks, then get another negative test. Which to me, it's like, like, are you going to catch it on the flight if everybody's negative? I guess maybe the point is, is that there's a incubation period, right? Where you can still test negative, but... Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. have the virus is that the case steve you're on uh-huh. yeah yeah it's uh that's why those like rapid tests uh aren't super efficient is because a lot of people won't show signs for like three days four days and the rapid tests really only work if you're showing symptoms um and i mean australia is already just pretty strict as it's just an island in a very delicate ecosystem anyways it's a mm. tough country to get into period they're pretty strict about the rules there, which is, you know, fine. That's why they're doing pretty well. And earlier in the episode, you mentioned, like, the rigid restrictions and stuff that we have here, which is why, it, which is not true, which is why a lot of people still have it. Mm-hmm. And there's half a million people dead. It's because people aren't adhering to safety protocols. Just in my opinion. Do you agree? It's interesting because... I had a moment the last couple of weeks and this is I'm I'm wading into really murky waters because I don't want it I don't want <clears throat> things to come off um 
disheartening for people who have like legitimately suffered right. or lost someone in this from this. Uh, so that's not my attempt, but in to be to be full frontal honest with the way I've been feeling over just even the last couple of days, it feels like it feels. I mean, it's just it's just a, to be fully uh, transparent, annoying because um, I don't have any fear of this thing. Um, now, granted, that's once again me wearing my uh privilege on my sleeve a little bit but the the bugger to me about the situation and granted it's a new it's a it's a new disease and so i don't think very many people fully comprehend what's happening or going on but i was looking on the cdc website yesterday i didn't realize this but like in 2018 a half a million people died from tobacco related illnesses in our country um this is not to compare the two but we're, we've been living with something just as deadly as covid since the beginning of america america got its place in the world because of the tobacco leaf and we've been living with this thing constantly we don't hear i mean granted we've stigmatized smoking but still it's around like doing the thing and taking people out. Um, it's, uh, yeah, I don't know. I, it's like, it, I'm, I think I've specifically over just the last couple weeks having two or three situations that were scares, like COVID scares. Like, okay, we got to shut the thing down. We got to like test everybody, you know? And that's seemingly happened Every time we've done something. Every time we've tried to accomplish anything during this pandemic, we've had some sort of scare. Um, I don't know. I just like hit my like COVID exhaustion peak. It was like six months, seven months in. I was like, it's all right. We'll work around it. We'll like keep going. And then the last couple of days, I've just been like, I'm oh, so over this. Yeah. Well, and it's, and I don't, like I said, I don't mean to sound uh, unsympathetic because I, I do understand <clears throat> right. that like this thing is ravaged humans and it's and it's taking people's life and so i don't want to i don't want to downplay it but in full transparency i'm just like just exhausted all right well i mean you have a point of view coming from a place of trying to coordinate with uh, more people than just yourself and you're trying to like do manage that appropriately responsibly and in, in the best way that you can while adhering to the policies of this virus yeah exactly um so that's frustrating in and of itself just to have to deal with it and then when the scares come just like you know, totally throws a wrench in the, in the, in the process of trying to actually create what you're trying to create. Um, and it just makes it hard. So like, I understand where that comes from for yourself. So yeah, that's it, a justifiable annoyance, but you're also like you do are you're sensitive to it and you adhere to the rules, which is the responsible thing to be doing. I mean, yes, I adhere to, the rules as best as I possibly can. But my perspective, which I wouldn't say is an incredibly informed one, I'm not reading up on as many things as possible, honestly, because the first three months of this situation, I just gave up on anybody knowing what the hell they were talking about because mm -hmm. the people we were supposed to look to for information <clears throat> um, were constantly changing their tune. Now, granted, they were learning new information as, at the same rate 
like brand it's a brand new virus obviously so they're learning things as they go as well but uh i have done my best to follow and adhere to guidelines that are safe but um but i don't wear my face mask at home i don't think anybody like does. i walk through my front door and i pull my face mask off Mm-hmm. And I'm, you know, trusting that like every single package that comes to my house hasn't been infected. And I'm trusting that the food at the grocery store hasn't been breathed on. And I'm trusting like there's so many things that are out of my control that I have to utilize in order to stay alive in this country that it it's still, I don't know, man. It's like, yes and no. Like I'm doing the best I possibly can. But yeah, <clears throat> but ultimately it's still so fucking annoying yeah yeah i mean you also made a point earlier this morning about recognizing that uh you know it is although it is annoying to have to be dealing with all of the things that you're having to deal with as a result of this pandemic we you're also doing the things as a result of pandemic. <laughs> yeah, it's it's an interesting juxtaposition because I'm glad to have this time to like regroup and learn new things and and create new things and be around you guys and be up here in this attic and and that's all if it wasn't for this pandemic, I wouldn't that wouldn't be possible. But uh but I'm also like I'm not over the time that I'm being allotted during covid but i'm over uh everybody's concern about covid yeah uh, th- not 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 and that comes off like that comes that can be interpreted really negatively i do still think that we need to be safe and concerned about this thing i'm just mm-hmm. expressing my personal like tipping point like i've yeah. just i lost it today i'm just like yeah. so over it it makes me just want to like throw the towel in, give up, and just like live in my basement for. Come on to Puerto Rico with the, me. No, I'm not leaving. I'm not going to Australia. I'm not going to just like staying in my basement and just giving up. Like that's like where I reached this 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 afternoon was just like fuck it, I'm done. What does giving up look like for you, if, if as a hypothetical? Oh God, I don't know. I'm not good with like doing nothing. Mm-hmm. Like I can't just do nothing. I have to like maintain some sort of busyness i think it helps with the with the the how undisciplined my mind is but um i don't know have you guys reached have you guys gotten to that point this during this pandemic where you're just like yeah done i'm over it i'm over it I, I, you can go steve if you if you have something to say no i don't think i've reached a point of where i'm just like super over it i think when I get to a point like that, I go back to being thankful for those opportunities you forementioned as far as being able to take advantage of the time and being productive in it. Um, and then if, but again, it's different for me cause I am limited for who I see anyways. And I, don't know. I mean, again, it's tough. I think I've gone back and forth a few times for sure as far as the like, I'm fucking over this. It doesn't make any sense. It hasn't affected me personally. But then I go back to being like, okay, well, it is affecting a lot of people and I can only be responsible 
to a point for myself and everybody else. And I think that's just important to do in general. Yeah. If that makes sense. I mean, it's, it's, again, it's, it's tough. Like you're <clears throat> saying, you know, I, if, if I had a perfect answer, I'd have, I'd say it, but I, I just don't. Yeah. I think, uh, <clears throat> I, ironically appreciate who I am more in this pandemic based on what I have uh, afforded myself to become through the circumstances of this pandemic by doing these things with you guys, by like starting my own like kind of creative uh, uh, momentum prior to coming out here with you guys and just kind of getting this new, like trying to explore my own creative voice in a new way because I was afforded the time and space to do that. Uh, and so it's really strange to feel like, like, uh, and I'm, and I've kind of overcome the shame surrounding it of being like, I'm, I feel really, I honestly feel like better because of what I have been capable of doing as a result of this pandemic. Uh, I'm honestly more nervous about when the pandemic is over and things are back to normal because it's going to be a whole nother adjustment period. Like nobody's ever just like everybody wants what they can't have. Right. So it's like, and the grass is always greener on the other side. So it's like, Oh God, I just wish this pandemic was over. The pandemic's over. And then we're back to the life that we had prior to the pandemic or a, 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 a more kind of like restricted, whatever, like a different type of molded version of what our lives are going to look like because of what the world turns into thereafter. Um, I haven't really gotten annoyed with it that much because I've just been so thrilled to take the take. I think I've always been just like wanting not a global pandemic, but to have the time and space to like drop out of the momentum that I was putting forth my energy in other areas and to do, to, to just figure out myself. Yeah. And I think this year has allowed me to do that. And so for that reason, I'm, and I don't have to, I'm not responsible for like a handful of other people like you are. In yeah, your I think that's business. probably where my fatigue comes in. Yeah. yeah. My fatigue doesn't come from, and, and I think the fatigue comes from, you know, uh, Steve, you and I have talked about this before. Every time this thing comes up, I call you. I'm like, hey, what's your temperature? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And not like, what's your physical temperature? Yeah. But like, how are you feeling? Are you yeah, afraid? Do you not want to come in to work today? Like what? Tell me the honest thing because it's up to you. I'm not going to be the guy who's like, you better get in here. Mm -hmm. We got work to do, right? Like I want every single human being that I surround myself with to be there on their own volition, mm -hmm. right? And... Um, and so I offer that up to every single human, but it's always the roadblock I run into, which is, which is the tricky part about this pandemic is that everybody who I've come into, who, who we've had scares with has always gone. I got the sniffles. It's never affected anybody like in my close proximity really deeply which taints my view on the pandemic and leads me into this place where I'm just like, I'm so fed up with this thing. Cause every time I am, every time I'm like knocked off my horse when I'm in a straight gallop, it's because somebody like has a headache, mm -hmm. right? Um, and has tested positive for this thing. And, uh, and I'm, like I said, I'm not, I'm not 
trying to down, that might sound like I'm downplaying. I'm just simply giving the transparent perspective that comes across the front of my bow when going through these types of situations that is like led me to today just being like, I'm fucking over it. I'm done. Get me to Australia and yeah. get me out of this fucking country. Yeah. That's I'm what we tired got to... doing this goddamn that's... creative shit. Like, you know, and that's not the case. I don't like, I don't actually feel that sitting in this chair right yeah, now. Yeah, I'm yeah. giving everybody the perspective of how I felt this morning and this sure. afternoon pre taking COVID test and being like, okay, I'm fine. Yeah. But it's just like, it's made a thing that's already really fucking hard to do. Right. It's like really fucking hard to, 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 do these shows we've been doing together it's really hard to like write it's really hard to just get up the audacity to like put something together that you have no idea if anybody's gonna buy mm -hmm. right you're like i'm gonna put i'm gonna put in i'm gonna put in a thousand hours on this thing and i'm just gonna hope that people pay for it uh that's already hard in itself let alone trying to do it while while dealing with this unbelievably unfortunate virus um yeah i just i just had the uh, just had a yeah. moment today where it's just like yeah. i've, I've had those so moments mad. too i think with me those moments have come the hardest when i'm like accepting the new normal i think that those are the times when it's hit me the hardest explain that i mean like the things that have hit me the hardest is just accepting that this is the reality and this is the change and i can't just go on being free-willed and doing what i've been doing for 30 something years in my life like accepting the new normal which is what we're functioning in now is what you'd have to consider the normal right mm. even though it's not normal mm. but accepting the reality has been the times where that's hit me the hardest as far as like oh i'd like to go see my parents i can't do that mm. or just those little things you know where mm -hmm. uh you're you're adapting to again this thing that is the new normal mm. but it doesn't feel that way but i thought like okay well now for the rest of my life when i travel i'll wear a mask just in case mm -hmm. and those kinds of things are the things that have hit me personally the hardest because i haven't been directly affected with a covid victim so those things are the things where my head swells up a little bit and i'm just like fuck this is the new normal yeah when's it going to go back to what i considered normal right but sense? yeah totally yeah i, I uh that makes absolute sense yeah my thing is just uh, is also connected to yeah that the new normal but also at the beginning of this pandemic i had so much like and i'm still thankful for it because i think i've i've stretched some muscles during this pandemic that like i'll just take to my grave like the things that i've learned how to do and pull off during this whole thing. Like I'm so thankful for, but at the beginning of this thing, I was like, Oh, I had a little twinkle in my eye. Cause I was like, Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I can see it. I can see it, man. People are going to just like really tune into my shit and like pay attention and yeah. pay me. And we're going to all, we had a good year planned next year. We're going to this time next year, bro. We're going to be swimming in it. We're going to have so many cool things going. This thing will be straightened out. We'll have festivals. We'll have movies out. We'll have podcasts. We'll be just swimming in capital. We'll be bikinis. We all get money bikinis, right? And I'll then a bikini barista stand. And then that like, obviously, right? Just like <laughs> expectations normally 
what expectations normally do to you, which is to completely let you down. That doesn't happen the way that you thought it could or expected it to, while also like dealing with just the annoyance of this pandemic. It's like it's a. I think that's where my that's where my frustration set in. And yeah, and but your 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 expectations outside of a pandemic remain the same like two years ago you still were like all right this next tour like this is going to be the one we're going to be swimming in it at the end we're going to be making movies we're going to be doing this we're going to yeah. do that and so like you know again the grass is always greener and you it's like a moving target kind of it's con- i'm constantly moving that it's target. always going to be that way and we're always going to find reasons to complain about what the situation is that we're currently in because it's never going to be what we actually expected to it until we start to learn how to manage our own expectations and realize like that this is awesome. Like what we're doing is awesome. And also something that I was kind of listening to you talk about, you know, like having all these people that you are, are seemingly kind of responsible for because they're a product of your business and what you're trying to cultivate in the world and put out towards, uh, your positive impact, which is all a great thing. I guess hopefully what it gives you perspective on is, wow, like I rely on people to help me. And when you can't rely on them, that's when you get annoyed. Right. And so it's not a bad thing. Cause it's like, it just goes to show like, wow, I have like a lot of really awesome people in my camp who are doing like really great things with and for me. And yeah. like, I, I, appreciate those human beings because when I don't have access to them, I realize that like I become like a little bit more tense because I have like created this thing around people and like, and, and a business that doesn't just, yes, like you are the core value of your world and what you create. And it take, you could be doing all this stuff on your own, but it's just like, man, having like having these great people around who are contributing in their own way is, uh, is a big deal and it, and it really helps in it. And that's probably where the frustration comes from. It's just like, I don't have access to these people that I like was hoping to rely on. And, and yeah, well, no, it's not, it's not that I think it's, it's yes, it is in terms, it is feeling like I don't have access to, but it's not having access to them because of something that is like, was just every day a year and a half ago. Mm-hmm. It's like a little headache and some sniffles was fine. I mean, how many times, Steve, have you seen me get on stage like with a 103 temperature and sing my ass off and sing through a sickness? Now, because there's this new coronavirus out here that 99.9% of people who get this thing are fine from, uh, we have to quarantine for 10 days. We have to like then be cautious after the, like it just throws so much more problems into a thing that like a year and a half ago two years ago wouldn't have been a problem right like every literally every single tour that i go on i get sick usually in the middle of it well a year and a half ago two years ago it still would have been a problem had it be the same thing right but what but but it wasn't a problem two years ago but you would still get sick Mm -hmm. like i people we would just that's just everyday life when you're on the road like just you know, Steve, you all right, man? He's like, oh yeah, dude, just, I got, it's like I'm a head sick, cold. Yeah. I got a head cold. Okay, cool, man. We'll drink, eat, take your zinc, take care of yourself. Make sure you're getting sleep. Let's, let's fucking kick it. Mm-hmm. Let's keep it going. 
because there's been an, because it's a different virus. I do realize that I'm talking about a, a different virus. I realize it's a different reality. But what right. what I'm talking from right now is like the um I'm, I wish I had like a better analogy of we talked about this earlier. Uh, is that um, it'd be like if you were the greatest player on a team and everybody right. else on your team didn't give a fuck. Mm-hmm. And you were like, why am I even trying? Like, why I'm, I'm putting so much effort forth, but I'm being held back by all these other players on the squad. Me, m- myself personally, I, th- th- I, I don't want to seem like I'm disregarding other people who would be affected negatively from this thing. Cause I don't, I want them to maintain safety. I want them to be safe. And that's why I do my best to be safe. But in a, in a glitch of a uh, responsible perspective, I can reach a boiling point when I'm like, I just feel like I'm being held. Like none of the people who are around me are worried about this thing are worried about getting sick. Everybody that I know has gotten it and kicked it fine. Even my mother who's like going through chemotherapy, but yet our entire world is being restricted because of, you know, so once again, understanding as folks at home who are listening to this, that is a lapse of judgment and I don't stand behind that perspective, but I've reached that place a few times and today was one of them where I'm just like, I've had it. Yeah. I'm fucking over it. I'm so over this thing. Like, and to, to help people understand why I've re- I reached that, like I had that lapse in judgment and felt that way. That's the best way I can describe it. I don't know if yeah. that makes sense to you guys at all. It makes a lot of sense, yeah, it does, man. Yeah. It, it makes a lot of sense. It doesn't... I think a being, lot of people are in those shoes. I think the majority of the people are in those shoes, but being over it doesn't mean shit because it's not, no, it's not I over. I know. So. It's just... But it's just... And we were talking about it yesterday, like when I was venting, I was just like, listen, I don't feel this way, you guys. And I, I just need to get this off of my body mm-hmm. because I just... Ha- it's, it's in here. Yeah. It's in my body and I don't like it in my body. I got to get rid of it. I, I uh, always will encourage you to get it off your body, dude. Yeah. You always have that. And whether you, whether you want to express that on the podcast to people who are listening and have can weigh their own perspective or just feel like, oh, wow, like I kind of agree or I disagree, whatever, you know, like, or you just want to pull me aside and be like, hey, dude, I'm fucking pissed. I want to punch you in the face and go for it. I mean, whatever you, uh, whatever you choose to do, punch me in the face. You just got a coupon to punch JP, Guadalupe Paul Donis. Premium con, dude. <laughs> no, there's no, there's no face punching. Just talk it out. I mean, that's like, right? Isn't yeah. that one of the greatest, uh, the 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 greatest reflections of human development is conversation, right? Because it used so. to be before we had language, it was just violence. Mm-hmm. Like before we had the capability to sit down and non-violently discuss things. Gangs of New York. It was just. <laughs> it was just bloodbaths. Yeah. Well, there was love there too. Thus, humans. Mm. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I couldn't go back far enough to see like when like romantic love, like the concept of that was really brought up. But I do have a slight feeling that like it was just barbaric in rape for a while. (laughs) I mean, I don't know. I I couldn't tell you, but uh, no love. I'm sure it existed, but I would imagine that like with 
you know, like right now the norm in Western culture is, <laughs> is like love and romance where I feel like it was probably an age in human experience and history where it was flip-flopped where it was like primary, like the love and romance tip was like few and far between. Mm -hmm. And the other tip was like, uh, uh, you know, Chinese emperor. Oh, what, what was that guy's name? Uh, f um, Genghis Khan. Did you hear about his story? Have you studied him uh, much? A little bit. Yeah. Genghis Khan, baby. A good they, gas. Mongol empire, three times the size of the British empire, three times the size of British empire. empire. He, they, I was listening to um, this. There's this podcast called Hardcore History with this guy, Dan Carlin. And on his podcast, he says that if if you were to test the DNA of 100,000 um, people from Asia, which is essentially where Genghis Khan like ruled for the time that he did, mm -hmm. a quarter of them would be descendants of Genghis Khan. Horses and bows and arrows and just, yeah, Mon Mongolia down into Asia and Russia, dude. He owned it, all of it. Owned it. Straight owned it. Um, Savage. Obviously talking out of my ass. For everyone at home, I am an idiot. <laughs> I just want you to know that I am a complete idiot. We were I, going, let, we were let's going let, to let's name... let people make their own minds up on that. <laughs> no, no, no. I'm not going to let them make their own minds up on that because I... You well, heard it from I the, mean, get, go, all right. You no, heard it I from mean. the horse himself. I am an idiot and uh, nothing that I say on this show you need to um, take with validity. It's just my personal experience. Wow, uh, dude. Look at the... Look it up, Al. Look how big it is. Look, uh, what's that? Just type in uh, just Mongol Empire. Mongolian Empire. Mongol, Mongol Empire. Mongol Empire. Oh my On God! Images. Yeah, look at that. Wow, that's what homie was was ruling <laughs> back in the day. Don't worry, Spokane's not in there, guys. We're safe. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> bro, and he was just raping and pillaging Kiev. I bet. I bet well, wow. love one out, fellas. Love yeah, one love, out. Love one out for sure. Love one out, but it did had a few shitty years. <laughs> For sure, man. Still that's is. what makes it. That's what. That's what strengthens it, baby. It's like the, it was like the 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 era of Paul McCartney in the eighties. It was like it had a few years in there that you're like, eh. yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, you know, that's what makes it. That's what makes it uh, as as special as it is nowadays. Oh, Dean, you were on one today, and I just want to put you in my pocket. And Thank you. Just take me down to the promenade and give me ciders. some sips of milk i just want to take i just want to take you down to the creek and skip you i just like love man i don't like hate i don't like fighting i don't like getting in trouble like <laughs> 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 all right folks well uh, that has been the show today and we're just gonna send you off with this with the utmost expression of love and kindness right here mr doug patrick gavilanis <laughs> if you have not seen this video yet, I encourage you to go to the YouTube page and watch this wonderful human. Uh, we love you very much, and um, we Happy hope you're birthday. doing well out there. <laughs> Sub that one. Get a smile. Yes. I have that shirt.
Oh my goodness! I uh, don't know how to play this instrument very well. I'm learning it just for you. I hope you get to see your bank account. Take a look. It'll be a nice little surprise. <laughs> Ah, so oh, we love all you guys, man. You stay guys. well, stay blessed, and stay tuned. Oh, boo-boo, did you just make it to the end of the video? Yes, you did. Do you want to see more videos just like this one, huh? Do you? Well, then head over to patreon.com slash live at the lodge where you can support the how goods of this podcast as well as the entire Live at the Lodge family. Yep, yeah, you're going to get exclusive merch, personalized shout-out videos. Me and Jules, we're going to show up at your house and baptize your nephew, huh? Check it out, Patreon dot com slash live at the lodge.